Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. How many of you are ready to hear the Word of God? Amen. God is so good. You know, what Liz was saying and sharing is this church, we believe in a volunteer culture. We believe that there are people right here that our job as leaders and as staff is to, to equip you to do the work of the ministry. This is what we are supposed to do. This is our job is to equip the congregation to do the work of the ministry. And so we are excited about seeing people like Molly and many others step up and see a need and begin to say, you know what, I'm interested in helping that need. So this church, this is not a spectator sport. How many of you know this is not a spectator sport? This is a full-on, put your pads on, get on the gridiron, go play some football type of sport. This is what church is all about. It is a sport, and it is not a spectator sport. It's not entertainment. We're here to equip the people. Am I still a little bit pingy? A little bit? Maybe just a little pingy, Ashley, in the back. I know she's working on it. And here's a verse I want to read before I get into the uh, continue the message series. It's in Romans 12. I'm going to read out of the NIV, and its verse starts in verse 4. It says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members. These members do not have the same function. Church, we are not all to function in the exact same way. There's a place for each of us that can serve somewhere here in this body. These members do not have the same function. So, in Christ, though many, form one body. Church, we are one body, all working together And when a body doesn't have all of its parts functioning well, the body overall doesn't function well. And so we're asking and we're saying, you know, we need need people to serve here. We need people to serve there. And if God is putting that on your heart, we're asking you to pray about it and consider it. Because when we begin to work as a body together, functioning collectively, efficiently and in the right way, God moves big time. Now, he moves, but we can move better when we're functioning as one body because each member belongs to the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. That's That's just a handful of the things that God has placed for each and every one of us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this series that we're in. I thank you, Father, that each and every one of us can truly live a life that is marked by miracles. Thank you, Father, for your miraculous working power in our life, in our relationships, in our physical being, Thank you, Father, that you are opening up doors that need open. You are closing doors that need closed. Father, I thank you as your word says, as we seek you in your kingdom, all these things shall be added unto us. So, Father, we just surrender to you today. Father, we surrender this time of listening to the word that you have for us. Father, open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see. Father, I thank you for illumination for each and every one of us. And Father, I pray that as your Holy Spirit is here with us, that you will minister specifically to certain people regarding certain things that are occurring in their life. It may have nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but we know your Holy Spirit is in constant work. And so I pray that those who are here that need to hear something from you will hear it today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, church, I am so excited about what God is doing here. Uh, Two Wednesday nights ago, it wasn't this past Wednesday, it was two Wednesday nights ago, as we were praying, I was up here praying and I was kind of walking back and forth, and I just had this sense 
this sense of multitudes giving their life to Christ. Multitudes making a decision for Jesus Christ. Saying, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. And what I saw was that this entire carpeted area was completely full. Completely full. And every person was kneeling. Every person was kneeling. And there were so many people that they were just spilling out just a little bit into each and every one of these aisles. And I did a quick estimate based on my ability to do estimates because I'm an engineer by background. I figured there was at least 250 people right here. Because, I mean, they were packed in. They were packed in. And it's all about 50, 60. No, I'm talking a multitude of people were packed in right here. And I'll tell you what, that is the very first miracle that God wants to do in people's lives. It is the very first miracle that God wants to do in people's lives. Is He wants to show who Jesus Christ is, what He's done for them, and what He will continue to do for them when they turn their life over to Him. And so if you're here this morning, and you have never, ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you say, you know what, I've never made that decision. I am encouraging you this morning that as I give a message that God has given, that you begin to ask the Lord, is this me? Is this for me? And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will begin to stir on the inside of you. You'll be like, what is that? What is this Holy Spirit? I don't know what he's talking about. But you just begin to feel something stirring inside. That means that it's you. That is, he's talking to you this morning. And he wants you to come up here and see me after church. Because he wants your life to be changed forever. That's the first miracle he wants to do in a life marked by miracles. So this series, our key verse, is in Job 5, verses 8 and 9. Job 5, verses 8 and 9, if you want to turn there. We're going to skip around a little bit. I've got some verses I want to share uh, with you, actually quite a few. So you're going to have to take notes. Stretch your hands out a little bit. Get your hands warmed up. Get ready. Or if you're typing the notes on your phone, get ready to go. Because I'll tell you what, church, when we, when we engage in the message... When you engage in the message and you begin to take notes, you begin to try to proactively say, is, what, is, what, is, what is God saying to me here? What is he doing to me? And you begin to write it down. He begins to illuminate as you begin to write things down, as you begin to study this. And he may, pull, he may have you pull this out weeks from now. This happens to me. This has happened to me so many times. He reminded me of a message that Pastor Jim gave like six months ago, and I happened to keep those notes, and he led me right to where they were. And I opened them up, and they were exactly what I needed to hear. So I encourage you to take notes if you don't take notes. Job 5, 8, 9. But if if I were you, excuse me, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him, for he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. You understand this? This is when we say God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. This, he, is, he is able. Did we not sing that this morning? God is able. He is able to do the miraculous in your life. You absolutely, positively can have a life that is marked by miracles. You say, no, it's not me. It can't be me. Well, by the end of this message, I want you to know that it can be you. Because we're going to talk more about faith and what faith means and how to grow our faith in our lives to say, you know what? That is for me. The word when we say, we begin to say, well, I hope that God will do this. Or I hope that he will do that. That part of your vocabulary is going to start changing. And you're going to start saying, no, I know God wants to do this in my life. No, I know God has this plan and purpose for me. And I'm going to begin to walk in it. And I'm going to begin to pursue it and do what he is asking me to go do. This is a life marked by miracles. And when we started this whole series, we're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer. This whole basis of having a life marked by miracles is can we actually walk through the Lord's Prayer and go line by line and understand what are we actually asking God for? What are we asking Him to do? And the very first line, which we were stuck on last week for Father's Day, and we're going to stick here again for one more week, is our Father who art in heaven. Oh my goodness. We are part of a family 
that has a Father who is God Almighty, who sits and resides in heaven, who loves us and who cares about us and is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Oh my goodness. We just say it. We, oh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, no, wait, our Father who art in heaven. Oh my goodness. Could we just stay there for like a long, long time? Our Father, who art in heaven, when we come and we experience God's presence, we sense Him on a Sunday morning and on a Wednesday night. But I'm telling you, church, you can be in God's presence every single day of your life. That is a miracle in and of itself. That is a life marked by miracle. When you can walk around day in and day out experiencing the presence of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the goodness of God, everywhere you go and in everything that you do, that is a miracle. Only he can do it. Only he can do it. I want each and every one of us to live a life that's marked by miracles. And when we live a life that is marked by miracles, it is not normal. Now, I want it to be normal here. I want it to be normal with us. And I want this normal of being not normal. I want the people who are normal to start being not normal. I want this sphere of influence that we have and we start walking around by the words of our testimony and seeing and telling what God has done in our lives to just start going out before us. And those who are hearing this saying, well, that's not normal. You're darn right it's not normal. And let me tell you why it's not normal. God will make the opportunities for you to share your testimony. I'm telling you, you just have to ask. And I'm telling you, when you ask, the opportunity comes. So be careful what you ask for. But I want you to ask. I want to ask. You know, God has really been placing on my heart uh, our neighborhood where we live. And it's interesting, like I go around and I do a prayer walk uh, a lot of mornings and they all see me walking and they all start, they all like know me. Now they don't know my name yet. They don't know everything about me, but they know, oh, they all wave. And sometimes I have one kid in a stroller. Sometimes I have no kids. Sometimes I have all well, seven, because Anna's in Pittsburgh. All seven kids, and they're like looking at me, they're like, are these all yours? And what happens is it begins to have conversations. We begin to have conversations and say, oh, well, what do you do? And what, well, okay, I go to this church, and God continues to open doors. He continues to say, reach your neighborhood, reach your community, start knowing your neighbor's name, start knowing their name, start knowing who they are. This is what God is asking each and every one of us to do because I truly believe in my heart that revival is coming to Erie, Pennsylvania. And I don't say it lightly, but Brother Paul's word said that I am allowed now to boldly profess prophetic words that I believe are going to happen. And so I am doing that. I don't take it lightly. I don't say it without understanding what this actually means. But I know that revival starts first right here with me, right here with her. As your senior leaders, it starts right here. And then what we want is for each and every one of you to live this life that is marked by miracles. So that when you go out, when you have a stirring on the inside of those who are far from God, who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you can do nothing but begin to weep. Because you know their eternal fate. The Bible makes it very clear that if they would die and they have not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, they will not be going to heaven. They will be going to hell. It is very clear what the Bible says. This church, we believe in heaven and we believe in hell. And there is one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. There is one way to get to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. That one way is saying, you know what, Jesus? I know what you've done. I've accepted what you've done. I believe and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and you are Savior. That's all we have to do. It is a gift that he's given us. And I'm encouraging. That is the, it's the biggest miracle that's possible. It's the biggest miracle possible. It's awesome. It's amazing. And what happens is when we do that, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that He puts the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. He puts the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And the Bible says that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives on the inside of you and bringing health to your bones and to your body. This is what He does. 
This is like the side effect. This is the good side effect. You can't get too much of Jesus. You know, when you watch, when you watch TV at all, there's like all these pills. Well, if you take this pill, here are the following side effects. Uh, all I heard was death, right? I mean, it's like everything is bad. Everything is bad. Don't take too much. Don't take too little. Guess what? We cannot have enough of Jesus. We cannot have too much of Jesus in, the, in our lives. You cannot overdose on Jesus Christ. You can't overdose on him. It's not possible. The more you have of him, the better things are going in your life. You will overcome because of what he did, because of who he is. You know, a life that is not normal, that is remarkable, means this. Your life will be extraordinary. Your life will be exceptional. Your life will be amazing, astonishing, and astounding. Marvelous, wonderful, sensational, stunning, incredible, unbelievable, miraculous, and phenomenal. Could we, how about we live a life like that? This is, what I, this is what we want for each person. Because when you live a life like that, people can't help but say, what? What, well, what is this? Why are you so not normal? What's wrong with you? There's actually nothing wrong with me. It's something that happened to me that's happening on the inside of me because of who God is and what he's doing in my life. This is a life that's not normal. This is the life that we want you to live. Last week, we started talking about the faith of the centurion. We're looking in Matthew chapter 8. And you can go there for me because I just want to finish where we left off. So what happened is a centurion went to Jesus. And he started pleading and saying, I need you to heal my servant. And he says that he humbled himself. You see, what we learned last week is that the centurion understood authority. See, Jesus called out and said, you have the greatest faith of anybody that I've seen, anybody that I've met. The greatest faith. What can we learn? How can we walk around with such a great faith that we can live a life marked by miracles each and every day? What it's saying here is we have to understand the authority that we are under, the authority that God has to do what he says he's going to do, and we have to begin to believe in faith that God's word, the absolute authority, the end-all, be-all of authority is right here, and that everything he says in here is truth. Everything he says in here is for you. It says in here he is for you and not against you. That you can be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. This is what he's telling us in this word. So if we understand, like the centurion, if we understand authority and the authority that God has and the authority that we have when we are part of his family, our Father who art in heaven. My goodness, we're part of this family. We're part of the family that has the authority to rule and reign on this earth. I got to say it again. We're part of the family that says that we, this family can rule and reign on this earth. When you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you immediately are part of that family. And your life can continue to be marked by miracles. So he understood authority and the power of God's word. And what did he say to Jesus? You, do, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't have to lay hands on the person who is sick, my servant. You don't have to go, you don't have to walk this far. You don't have to do this. You, just say the word. Just say the word. You see, church, God has given us the authority right here in the word of God to live a life marked by miracles. We just have to say the word. We have to believe and raise our faith up that he is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he will do. This is what faith is. We have to grow in this faith. And I'm going to talk to you about some ways where you can grow in that faith. But the centurion got it. And he had the greatest faith. He walked with the disciples. There were people walking on, Peter was walking on water. Things were happening. But this guy had the greatest faith. He didn't say Peter had, he said, Peter, I'm going to build my church on, around this rock. That's what he said. But he, he called this guy, the centurion, the one with the greatest faith. Because he understood authority. And we use an example when an intruder breaks into your house. And we, la- we linked that intruder break into your house into the prophetic word that we had. It says, you know what? 
We now, because of the authority God has given us, we can terminate We can terminate the intruders that come into our life because the authority that God has given us. Church, this is a life marked by miracles because we can now terminate the intruder. We can terminate sickness in our life and in our household. And I was speaking to fathers pretty heavily last week because it was Father's Day. And I said, men, as the head of the household, you are standing in authority. You are the one that God has placed in the position of authority that says, no, not in my house, not here. This will not be a part of my house. And we begin to take authority. And when we do that, the intruder must It has to go. It doesn't have a choice, guys. It doesn't have a choice. It has to go. And when we speak it and when we believe it in the spiritual realm, it's done. It's absolutely done immediately. And then the physical world sometimes has a little bit more trouble catching up with the spiritual promises in the spiritual realm, but it's already done. And when we speak it, it's done. And then we believe in faith that the physical side of this, whether it's, whether it's a relationship challenge, whether it's a physical challenge with a sickness, that that thing becomes and gets in line with the authority of the Word of God. With the authority of the Word of God. And when we walk around like that and we believe in faith, that He is who He says He is, He'll do what He says He'll do, and he, we have given the authority to be able to go do that, our life becomes marked by miracles. Let me tell you a little bit about faith. I want to just pick up on verse 13 here. And then Jesus said to the centurion, so this was all this happened and we left off right here last week. It says, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. As you have believed. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you have faith? Do you believe that you can terminate the plans and purposes of the enemy that are going on in your life? Do you believe it? We have to believe it. And I want to talk about how to grow that faith. How to grow that faith to believe that we can terminate the plans of the enemy. And what it says here, and his servant was healed that same hour. Just say the word. Just say the word. And he's healed. And here's what I find very, very interesting. If you look at verse 13 there. And Jesus said, go your way. As you have believed, let it be done for you. Do you notice that Jesus didn't say, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's let's just pray for a little bit. And Father in heaven, we pray that that servant is healed. No, he said, you, you're standing on faith. What the centurion was believing and the authority that he knew. He said, Jesus just said a word. Jesus didn't even say a word. He says, it's done. Just go. It's already done. And it was done that very hour. You see, we get so wrapped up in the, the religion and religiosity. Well, if I say this, or if I don't say that, and what if I don't do this, and what is the special perfect formula for prayer of faith, and do I have it all exactly right, and I must have got it wrong because it didn't work, and we get all wrapped up in here, in our brain. But he's just saying, just believe, just say the word. And Jesus said, I don't even have to say the word. It's already done because of your faith. It's already done because of his faith. It's done. Done. As you have believed. What are you believing for this morning? Do you really believe that God can do it? Because there's two questions there. Do you really believe that he can do it? And most of us will shake our heads. Well, yeah. Sure. I think God can do it. The second part of the question is, do you believe that God will do it? Because it's got to be both. Your faith is based on both. You have to believe that he can. Well, yeah, well, you know, I read in Genesis, he created the heavens and the earth. Wow, this is amazing, all the things that he's done. Of course I believe he can do it. But do you believe that he will do it? And it's that will do it where we have to wrap our faith around. Many of us believe he can, but not all of us believe that he will. Will he do it? 
And the Bible says he does want to do it. He will do it. Part of the prayer we're going to look at is we're calling heaven to earth. Our Father, how then your kingdom come, your will be done. His will for our lives is health. His will for our lives is healing. His will for our lives is every bill paid. His will for our life is relationships to be restored, for marriages to be strong, for children to return back to the Lord. Yes, that is his will. We must believe that he will do his will. Does that make sense? There's two wills in that statement. Two different wills. We have to believe he will do it. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I read through a lot of the different translations basically all says the same thing. I didn't get any additional insight from the ten different translations reading. It's just saying faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? It means faith is now. Faith is now. Say now. It's now. It's in the present. It's, the faith is not in the future. Hope is for the future. I believing in hope that this and this and this and this is going to happen. But faith says, I want to take what I'm hoping for out here and bring it into the present and say, no, this is the promise God has for me now. I'm bringing it now, right here. It's grasping the hope for the future and bringing, bringing it into the reality of now. Faith is now. It's the very first word in that in Hebrews 11. Now. It's now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. We have to grow our faith now. It says faith is substance. What is substance? It's ground. It's confidence. It's assurance. It's something substantial. It's a substance and it's tangible. It's bringing the spiritual promises into the physical reality. That's what we're doing. We're believing in faith. Bringing the physical the physical reality into the spiritual promise that we already know that God has already given to us. And the interesting thing with faith here is I, I wrote this down, and faith is as much about surrender as it is about striving. And I actually don't even think that they're equal parts. I think the surrender piece of us growing our faith is greater than the striving piece. Because it says faith comes by hearing, faith without actions is dead, and so we always wrap around faith being something I have to go do, something I have to do, and there's a piece of faith that's like that. But you can't wrap around faith and just say, well, it's something I have to go do. I have to hear the word so I build my faith. You know, just being in God's presence builds your faith. Just being, living a life saying, you know what, I surrender all. The great hymn, I'm not going to sing it. I surrender all. That is a faith statement saying, you know what? No, I can't do this on my own. I don't want to do it on my own. I just need your presence. I cannot strive anymore. I cannot do anymore. I am tired. I surrender all. His presence is available to us. And that grows our faith. Faith is evidence of things not seen. What is presently seen in your life? What do you want to see in your life. God's word says that no, it's mine, and then it's mine. So many of us are afraid to actually believe that we will receive it now. Do you know that? We, we get nervous up here, especially if you come up for prayer for healing. You begin to get nervous in your mind. Ah, well, I don't know if it's really now, if he really wants to go do it now. Many times he wants to do it right now. He wants to do it right now. It says in the word that today is the day of salvation. It's right now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not the next. You say, well, I, somebody prayed for me and I didn't get healed yet. Well, then go and say and ask why. Lord, why not? Why haven't I seen that healing manifest yet? Is there something I have to do differently in my life? I want a life marked by miracles. I want a life full of testimonies. So Holy Spirit, speak to me. He's on the inside. He'll tell you. You haven't got your healing yet because of this. Because you haven't had the faith yet. Or maybe there's a door that needs to be closed. Or maybe there's something else that's going on in your life. He begins to teach us and begin to show us. But more often than not, God's saying no, now. Right now. Today is the day. Of salvation. What is his will? 
no sickness, no pain, no disease, no strife. His will says that he doesn't want anyone to perish without knowing him. Last time you check in the newspaper, there are people dying every single day. But it's his will that none shall perish. So it must be his will that we then share the message of the gospel to those who have not yet heard. This is why he wants to do miracles in our life. Not just so you don't have neck pain anymore. And I believe there are people here that don't have neck pain anymore from the prayer that we have this morning. But it's not just because of that. It's because he doesn't want anyone to perish without knowing him. He's a loving father. This is why he wants revival. This is why he wants to do miracles. One, because he loves you. But two, because he wants to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. He wants that miracle to say, whoa, that's not normal. That's not normal. Faith should be aggressive. Faith should be aggressive. In 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Oh my goodness. Faith needs to be aggressive. You have to build your faith up until it is aggressive. You can't sit back and say, well, I hope that's for me, and I'm not sure about this. You know what? The Bible clearly says that when you believe, you receive. If you believe that the mountain will move, then it will move. But if you stand in unbelief, if you say, well, I'm not sure if it's your will. I know that you can do it, but I don't know if you will do it. You're standing in unbelief. What has overcome the world? Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The, the part of being marked by miracles, you have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You have to believe that Jesus came to earth. As, as God and as man and died on the cross. He was sinless, spotless lamb, but he died on the cross for our sins. And then God rose him from the grave three days later. If you can believe that, you can be an overcomer. If you believe that, you can have a life marked by miracles. Because if you can believe that, then you can believe that he can do a supernatural healing in your life. Matthew 11 and verse 12 says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Church, faith has to be aggressive. This is not like a passive word that we just throw out there. Oh, well, you know, we gotta, we got to grow our faith. No, your faith has to be aggressive. Our Father who art in heaven... Are you kidding me? The faith to say that, to say those words, just begin to stir it up on the inside of you. Faith begins to grow. It has to be aggressive. Faith is not passive. Church, faith is not passive. It cannot sit back and say, well, I hope that this happens. Maybe this will happen. If it be your will. How many times have we said that? If it be your will, God. And there's times where we appropriate, appropriately say that. If it be your will, should I get this dog or should I not get the dog? Okay, because it's not clearly stated in here whether or not I should get the dog. Should I move or should I not move? It's not clearly stated in here. So Lord, if it's your will that I move, then show it to me, reveal it to me. Help me walk this path. This is why he's given us the Holy Spirit, which is the, another miracle. <laughs> we can live a life with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. But if you're looking for what His will is on whether or not you can go to heaven or go to hell, if you're looking for your, what His will is on whether you can walk in health and healing and wholeness and all of your bills paid, then I'm pretty sure you can find every one of those promises right in here. You don't have to ask what is your will in those situations. It's already here. So we have to aggressively go after it aggressively go after it with our faith. We need to say words like, I see it now, I take it now, and I have it now. Michael, I think you're supposed to come up here and underscore the at the end. Yeah, see, he got it. He knows what's going down here. 
I want to, yeah, one second. I want to talk about these, these two things. Babe, just come up here. Come up now. There's a couple things that I want, to, I want you guys to get and to understand. That as we grow our faith, as we grow our faith, there's a portion of our faith that is doing. Reading the Word of God, going after more of Him, acting on our faith. And then there's a portion of our faith that grows by just being. Just by being in His presence. Just by being in His presence. Just by worshiping Him. And just by saying, I believe you are who you say you are. And you'll do what you say you will do. Faith has to be aggressive. And the attacks of the enemy that come are against our faith. And they're so small. They're these little small ways he tries to get us into fear and into agreement with him. I'm just going to read through this. Hi, Mom. I'm super upset. I wanted to call you this morning and talk to you because I've been in tears over this issue. Ever since last summer, I've been so fearful about this issue. It happened then, and it's going to happen again. I keep checking every day just to make sure that everything's okay. And this morning, it, wasn't, it didn't seem okay. It hasn't happened in a long time, and I'm afraid that it's happening again. And if it is, then it's just going to get worse and worse. And she goes on to talk about the extreme of the issue. I don't understand because I'm doing the things I should and I feel happy and healthy and I just feel so upset. I said, oh my goodness, my sweet child, haven't you learned to recognize the spirit of fear and tell it to go? Speak life to this issue and use the word to resist fear. You will not have that extreme negative issue and outcome. If you're checking every day on this issue fearfully, then you're walking in fear. You're opening the door to the enemy to do that exact thing that you're fearing. We have to be very vigilant against him. Pray out loud before you leave your car this morning. Ask the Lord to forgive you for agreeing with fear and believing that the, what the enemy is telling you instead of the Lord. He is so, so loving and kind. He loves you. He will bless you and he will strengthen you. And that issue is done if you ask, believe, trust, and obey. Now, baby girl, take a few deep breaths. Listen to some worship and restore yourself before you enter the place where you're going. Do this or the enemy will try to plague you all day long. You tell him to go in Jesus' name. I will not fear, for God is with me. The Lord is working mightily in me and through me. I am strong in the power of his might, and in the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it out loud. Say it often, and say it like you mean it. I know, Mom. I know it's a spirit of fear. It's just horrible. It was horrible what I saw this morning. And now I have to deal with it all day long. So still, still, after all that good word, after all that building up of her faith, still... But mom, no, you don't understand. You see, mom, it's worse. Here we go. Okay. I know it was a yikes moment for you, but those are the exact moments when the enemy moves in for attack. Those are the exact moments where he comes to steal your faith. That is all this is. That issue is a non-issue. It's fine. This is all a lie supported with false evidence that seems very, very real. You are happy, and you are healthy, and you are obedient, and you will not allow Satan to deceive you or upset you. He is a liar. And here I come again. But I'm afraid. But I'm afraid. I'm not seeing it. I think I'm doing what I need to do, but it's not working. I don't want to go down the same path that was before. I said, if you're committed in your heart to obedience then you have nothing to fear. We'll work on this together. If you're not truly committed, and you're only saying it, but you're not truly committed, 
then you need to go back up to the top of my text this morning and pray through it again. There is never any good reason to fear. God is always bigger than your worry. Turn every thought to him because that issue is his problem. You've given it to him. That other issue, that's his problem, not yours. You've given it to him. Your career and your future, that's his to hold. It doesn't belong to you. You've given it to him. That's true. Finally, the text comes. That's true. Thank you, mom. I'm so happy that you texted. I love you so much, sweet girl. You are God's beloved. You, not just her, you can trust him with everything. You are going to have a great day. Tell the devil to suck it in Jesus' name. I'm just reading what it says. Heart, heart, heart. And then that was it. Faith has to be aggressive. You know, as I was texting with her, I thought to myself, gosh, this is not normal. This is not normal. You know, I mean, I didn't, I don't want to make my children think everything is the devil. Not every sneeze, cough, cold is the devil. Sometimes you didn't wear your coat and it was cold out and you were supposed to. I, when he was up here and he's saying faith has to be aggressive this morning, I felt aggressive. I felt aggressive. The enemy is trying to, he's trying to plant fear in my child. And I just want to encourage you today. If he's trying to plant fear in you, well, you know, this applies to other people, not to me. They all don't know what I've done or what I've been through. They all don't know this applies because they are faithful or they're good or those are lies. Those are lies. You, if you have all kinds of evidence as to why something's not going to work, God's not going to show up. The bill's not going to get paid. The sickness isn't going to go. Well, I've prayed before all the evidence, whatever does not acknowledge the truth of who God is, is a lie. That's right. And we fight it with That's the right. word of God and we fight it with faith. That's right. every head bowed and everyone's eyes closed this morning you would say I'm here the Lord has brought me here but I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior you've never prayed that prayer you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ and what he did for me, that I believe in that and I want to make him Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you this morning, it is the first step in living a life marked by miracles. It is the greatest miracle. And it's a gift to you, the gift of salvation for all of eternity to live in heaven If you're not sure this morning, if you didn't make it home here from church and something happened and you were not sure where you would go, heaven or hell, you can be assured this morning. You can be assured this morning. And we want to pray with you. If that's you, if you're here and that's you, just slip your hand up. If you're here and you're not sure... If something happened to you this afternoon, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, just slip your hand up. Okay, I'm going to ask another question. If you're saying this morning, I need for my faith to become aggressive. I am ready to have a terminating faith. A faith that says to fear, go and it goes. A faith that says to sickness, leave and it leaves. If you are here and you're saying, I need to see in my life more aggressive faith, and you want to take a stand this morning and say, that's me, and I'm ready to stand up to my feet. And I'm ready to say, I want you to pray for me to have that aggressive faith that I've not had before that I will truly believe and understand that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. I want you to stand up right where you're at. Just stand up if that's you today. Your faith needs to be aggressive. If it's you, stand up. Be aggressive in this step of faith. 
Thank you, Lord. I want to pray with you. Just stay, remain standing. Heavenly Father, strengthen those who are standing right now. Strengthen their faith by just being in your presence. Your word says that faith without action is dead. Well, they stood up. They took an action. They said that, yes, me, strengthen my faith. I want to be more aggressive in believing for the miracles that God has in store for me. And so, Father, they are honoring you with that decision. They are standing up and they are saying, yes, me, yes, me. So, Father, strengthen them. Strengthen their faith. Father, change the language that comes from their mouth. Father, and as you always do, show yourself faithful to do what you say you will do, to be who you say that you are. If you prayed that prayer, just lift your hands up and receive. Receive your faith to be strengthened this morning. I speak aggressive faith. Aggressive faith for those who stood up and said, yes, I am going after the things of God. I am going after them with aggressiveness. No more passivity in my life. No more intruders allowed to come into my home, into my realm, into my spheres of influence. They have to go in Jesus' name. Strengthen them now in your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. On Wednesday, the Lord gave me four words. And I don't know if they're the conquering words of the vision that Pastor Jason spoke but they were victory words. They were the words that God loves best and most. That's what he spoke to me. Best and most. Submission. Obedience. Humility. And repentance. I'm just going to say him again. Submission. obedience, humility, and repentance. In the name of Jesus, we must stand and break every agreement we've ever made. Every time we've agreed with a lie, the lie that when we looked in the mirror and said, gosh, I look bad. Gosh, I'm ugly fat, whatever. It's a lie. You're not, you're more than what you look like. You're so much more, you beloved. I'm not enough. I wish I was better. It's a lie. Turn away. Repentance is a turning away from those things which bind us to the enemy, breaking those agreements, submitting ourselves to a loving father. And committing ourselves to obedience. 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 Jesus walked this earth and how many times did he say, if you love me, you will keep my commands. I teach my children, obedience is love. Obedience is love. You obey me because you love me. Not because I'm bigger. Not because I threaten you with punishment. But because you love me. And because I love you. I speak life. I bless you all. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go forth in the power of his might. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And let every foul thing that weighs on you fall off in the name of Jesus. You have power in Jesus' name. You have power in Jesus' name. And it is not by your might. 
And it is not by your strength, but it is by his spirit, saith the Lord God. You are his beloved. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I could ask the small group leaders, they're going to come up front. If you need prayer in your life, these people are powerful prayer warriors. They will stand with you in the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, the prayer for healing, whatever it is, they are ready and able to pray with you. And I want to ask one other thing. If you're here this morning, and maybe you didn't raise your hand when I said that you've now made a commitment to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to still come up here and see me. And then the second thing, if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, you want to talk about how I can build my faith more. How can my faith be more aggressive? It cannot be any more aggressive than when you're speaking in a prayer language, when you're speaking in the Spirit and directly connected with the Spirit of God, when you begin to pray in other tongues, when you begin to do that, you are strengthening, you are edifying, you are building your faith. It is a free gift from our Father in Heaven through the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift gift and it's available to you to build your faith, to build your strength, to edify you. If you've never got prayer for that, if you've never had evidence of being baptized but in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues, it's available today, right now, this morning, Sunday, June 23rd, right now. Come up here. Ask these guys to pray for you. Come see me. We will pray for you. We will lay hands on you and the gift That gift will be yours this morning. And you will be able to take your faith to another level. To take your aggressiveness of your faith to another level. So if that's you this morning, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. And I know it's somebody because he told me and I put it in my notes. And when I got prayer this morning from someone, he said, there's someone here that needs to have baptism in the Holy Spirit. So it's somebody. So if it's you, then come up. Please, but change your life. So Father, we thank you for today. Pray a blessing over each and every person here. Bless their families, their jobs, their businesses, and everything they put their hands to. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Enjoy that beautiful weather and come up here if you'd like some prayer. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.